You're listening to Unmuted with Papa Mutes. All right, I'm thrilled to welcome to the podcast today, Maya Workowski. Maya is a poet, a writer, a lot of things. That's why I have her on to talk. Maya, welcome to Papa Mutes. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really happy to be here. So let's get right to it. What sparked your interest in poetry? Um, I would have to say, I actually remember it really specifically. So in eighth grade, I had a great English teacher. She was just very invested in allowing us to read a, bo- a bunch of different things and be exposed to a lot of different authors. And so one of the units that we had was on spoken word poetry. And previous to that, I had been interested in writing, but when I was able to experience the magic of seeing someone perform a poem in this very specific way and all the ritual that's involved with that, it was just a really special moment for me because um, I was able to really see how intentional poetry is and how much intention and thought goes into creating a poem and then all of the different ways that you can execute that. So being able to see something like that in a classroom was just amazing for me. I remember the first one that I watched was, um, it's called B by Sarah Kay. And we watched this uh, TED talk that she does where she performs B before she starts speaking, you know, about poetry and whatnot. So when I saw her perform it, it just sent chills like through my entire body. I was just so taken with everything about it. And so then after that class, I went home and I remember just sitting in my room on my little iPod touch like looking at all of the spoken word poems on YouTube that I could. And I ended up watching a lot of poems from Button Poetry, um, this other poet named Phil Kay, um, Olivia Gatwood, a lot of people that ended up inspiring my book. Uh, Now, the book you speak of, is it Quiver? Yes. So what is the significance of the woman's hand on the cover? It's a great shot, so I'm curious. Um, I think it really speaks to me because I actually have a tattoo of, um, these two hands. It's kind of like the creation of Adam position and where there's one hand and they're like almost touching. And I got that tattoo because I read this other book of poems, um, from Natalie Diaz when I was in college called the hand has 27 bones, these hands, if not God's. And that really radically shifted the way that I saw bodies. Um, I feel like it made me see bodies as some really divine force, something that's beautiful. And not that I didn't see bodies as beautiful before. It's just that the way that Natalie was speaking about hands in particular was very moving to me and the way that she really personified them. And instead of making 
or positioning the human mind as the driving force for our experience through the world. The way that Natalie positioned hands throughout her poems in that collection was as if hands are the driving factor behind how we experience the world. And she just really emphasized their importance, especially with touch and all of the things that they let us do. And so honestly, the cover of my book is kind of like an homage to that because it was a big part of me and my life philosophy clearly because I got a tattoo symbolizing it but and I wanted to kind of riff on that with my book and enter a conversation around the divinity of human bodies awesome now do you feel that song lyrics are a form of poetry I definitely see it that way and it's funny because I feel like over the years that I've been writing poetry, sometimes I look at it and I think, you know, this could be a song. And mm -hmm. there are certain lyricists uh, who are musicians that I'm like, this person is a poet just because of the way that they write their lyrics and just how creative they are lyrically. It's like, it makes you really see the connection between poetry and music. Like I think that Taylor Swift is 100% a poet. Mm -hmm. Like I look at her lyrics, especially on Evermore and Folklore, and it's just amazing the things that the way that she articulates experiences. So there's I feel a definite connection between poetry and songwriting. Now do you uh do you feel do you think a writing degree is necessary for being taken seriously as a poet? Um, this is actually something that I've thought about a lot. I don't think that a writing degree is necessary at all for becoming a successful writer. It just depends on what your personal preference is. And that's one of the things that I love about writing is that it's so, it's anyone can do it. It's so accessible. You know, creative writing is a skill and anyone can do it. You definitely don't need to have a degree in it. Um, you just have to practice a lot. And that's why getting a degree was beneficial to me mm -hmm. in creative writing, because it allowed me to practice every single day mm -hmm. and get workshopped from, you know, my peers all the time and pro professors who are very distinguished in the field and it's just that opportunity I knew I wasn't going to get again so I just decided for me in my path that getting a degree in creative writing would be the best and I know that some people don't necessarily need to get a degree but um to, to be great at it it's just that for me and where I was I definitely felt like this is something that I want to pursue and I want to learn from people who have been doing it for way longer than I have. Now, when you uh, first started writing poems, no schooling, you're just like, I really like this. Do you look back now and say, oh, my God, those poems sucked? You know what I mean? It's, or, or, it's I mean, funny. I feel like <laughs> I do. I feel like I do. Like, oh, my God, what but... the hell was that? <laughs> 
I feel like I do. But also, it's, I don't know. I feel like it's <laughs> endearing, too, because you sure, have to start. try. It's the seed, you, right. Yeah, like you have to try so many times before you get good at anything. Exactly. It's just that with poetry, it's especially, quote-unquote, cringy, because, <laughs> like, poems are so full of emotion mm -hmm. and full of experience that it's after you've kind of moved on emotionally from it, it's a little hard to look back and be like, I was so bent out of shape about this <laughs> and like read your old work about it. But it's funny because um, recently I've been looking back at some of my old poems from like two or three years ago. And I'm like, that actually, that wasn't too bad. I would still write that today and like be proud of that. Cool. So I feel cool. like there's progress. Awesome. Uh, now you have spoken about self-publishing, you know, instead of waiting for a publisher to grab you. Uh, just tell us about that. Yeah. Um, I feel like, again, self-publishing is one of those things that it's different for everyone on their writing journey. Mm -hmm. And you know, different types of publishing can serve different, um, I guess, goals at different points in your writing career. So for me, I chose to self-publish Quiver because I was proud of it. I knew that there were people that it would resonate with. Um, I, it had already been workshopped a lot by many different people including my peers and my mentors so there was a lot of material in there that <clears throat> i felt was pretty good and you know to the point where i would be proud of it and i would know that it had gone through the necessary steps um in order to be published sure. Because that's the thing. I've also been traditionally published. So traditional publishing, that is just when, you know, you get a lit literary agent okay. and then you are published elsewhere. Or in my case, I didn't have an, a literary agent. I just submitted to different journals and, um, you know, they accepted it. So there's cool. different ways to go about um, traditional publishing. But going back to what I was saying before, mm -hmm. self-publishing serves different like roles at different parts in your career. And since I'm still a young writer, um, you know, and I was just very excited to get that body of poems out in the world. Sure. Um, so I was just like, you know what, I'm just going to do this. You know, that path isn't for everyone. And I, definitely see the value of traditional publishing and it's definitely something that I want to do later in my career but as I'm building myself as a writer I was just like I'll do this mm -hmm. and I'll just see what happens right stepping stones yeah uh, now on your website you speak of a more inclusive earth so um, who falls into the category of not being included in your opinion in terms of my book and the things that I've written about in the past, for me, it's about fostering growth and inclusion for everyone and like just being kind and compassionate towards people. Hmm. Um, and for example, one of the things that I wrote about in my book is 
how, especially with the, the, my personal experience with my religion that I grew up with as a child, there were certain aspects of it that now I look back on and I'm like, why was this okay? Like, why was this happening? Mm -hmm. Um, for example, you know, our priest would, he wouldn't talk about misogyny. He would say misogynistic things in, as part of the, um, the sermon and, or he would say other things against LGBTQ people that were just not okay to say in like a public space. Mm -hmm. Um, and so when I talk about inclusion, I mean that, uh, people shouldn't made, be made to feel lesser than because of just who they are. Right. And inclusion is exactly that. Inclusion. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like the song thing. Do you ever see a photo and say, ooh, I got a poem for that? Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Um, I, yeah. Cool. Poetry is everywhere. Poetry is life. Mm. And... <laughs> Poetry is life. I like that. Yeah. All right. Cool. Um, yeah, I definitely sometimes will just look at a photo and it's beautiful because it tells a story. There's a narrative without any words. And I think that's the process of making images and capturing images is really cool because you can find a story within the everyday life around us. Do you feel that poems have to rhyme? Um... No, definitely not. Um, honestly, sometimes I prefer poems when they don't rhyme or if the rhyme is just really tasteful. Um, for example, if just a few, you know, there's a few couplets throughout the poem that rhymes. Um, I think that can be really tasteful and not come off as like sing songy. Um, or if there's a slant rhyme, you know, I think that can be done really well. I definitely don't think poems have to rhyme, though. Now, what, what's a slant rhyme? So a slant rhyme is words that sound like they kind of rhyme or they almost rhyme. So an example would be, let's see, like ant and slam. They kind of sound the same, mm -hmm. but they don't, you know, end the exact same way. Now, who do you read? Um. I would say my biggest inspiration, like I said earlier, would be Olivia Gatwood. She's a poet that is contemporary. Um, she is a bit of a YouTube following. She posted about, I would say, seven to ten years ago. Mm -hmm. She would do a lot of um, slam poetry competitions and wait, 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 she... wait, wait. Now, what's slam poetry? Is that like like rap? And you know, you rap by rap, boom, 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 back and forth. I mean, is that what the, is, that, is that? I mean, slam I mean, poetry. So, I mean, it's slam poetry is just it's like battle. spoken word poetry. Okay. It's like spoken word poetry. Okay. So, she oh wait, would... no, no, what I'm saying is it like off the top of your head, or is it no, oh, okay. no, okay. no? If I'm maybe like you know, sky's blue, what are you gonna do? You know. <laughs> I would love that. That would be amazing. Slam but... poetry. I like it. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so she would upload a lot of her 
um, videos to YouTube mm-hmm. or like her performances to YouTube. And the things that she talks about, like she talks about what it means to um, grow up as a girl and just the experiences of femininity, okay. uh, you know, experiencing those things for the first time. Um, and then like shifting from being a teenager into young adulthood as a woman. Mm-hmm. So she talks about those kinds of themes a lot. And because she talks about that stuff, it really resonates with me because I feel like she tackles a lot of taboo things. And okay. I would say that her poetry is, it would classify as confessional poetry because a lot of her poems are beautiful. They're very lyrically prevalent, but they're also focused on like these little snippets. It's almost as if she took a picture and just put it on the page because they're so focused on just like, this is a memory. This is a memory. This is a memory. And the way that she writes is really inspiring to me. And what she writes about is very inspiring. It's really cool when uh, someone gives you a permission slip to dip your toe in and try a new subject or a new uh, way of expressing yourself. And I feel like Olivia Gatwood's work has given me a lot of permission slips. Okay. Now, uh, besides talent, okay, you know, you have talent. What would a potential wannabe, if that's the right term, poet need besides talent? I think that they would just need patience with themselves and kindness and gentleness towards themselves coupled with persistence. Mm -hmm. Um, So basically they just need work ethic. Like I feel like it's just practicing and just saying like, this might not be the best poem that I'm ever going to write, but I'm going to try and I'm going to try to express this specific feeling Mm -hmm. and as long as they're willing to try and you know keep going that is all that they need you have to have the passion to just yeah keep trying and I would also say you know try to find like-minded individuals Mm, to surround yourself with Let's have some fun. Something different off the off the topic. Um, it has nothing to do with poetry, but I created a new segment, and I want to try it out on you, so you will be the record setter. Um, okay. This is called Time Capsule. Very simple. I'm going to give you a famous person. You just tell me if you know who it is. You know, if I said Sylvester Stallone, obviously you would say, oh, he's an actor, Rocky, yeah. etc. But I'm going to go back 10 years and I'm going to keep going back 10 years until you're like, oh, now you're young, a lot younger than me. So <laughs> we'll see if you can set the record for the next guest. Are you okay, up for a uh, time capsule? All right, here we go. Time, oh, yeah. Time capsule with Maya Workowski. Who is Lizzo? Oh, I know her. You got to tell me who she's it a, is. She's a, she's a singer. Okay. That's good enough. <laughs> we don't have to go do too I, Do I have to say like what they do? Well, no, singer's fine. She's a singer. Okay. Yeah, yeah okay. you know, yeah. Um, 
All right, so I'm going to go back to 2010. Serena Williams. Oh, yeah. She's a tennis player. And we're on a roll. <laughs> <laughs> we're going back to 2000 now. Julia Roberts. Yep, she's an actor. Da -da 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 -da. 1990s. Michael Jordan. Yeah, he is a basketball player. Ooh, had to right? think about it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, not no. much of a sports girl. That's okay. Right, so 1980s. Bill Gates. Yeah, he's an entrepreneur. But what's he famous for? Oh gosh! Come on I now, think know. about it. Computers. Yeah. Okay. Microsoft. We'll give you that one. <laughs> All right, here we go. 1970s. Johnny Carson. No. I don't know who that is. What? Here's Johnny. <laughs> Wait, you never heard that name, Johnny Carson? No. Who uh, is that? A melting. Is he an actor? No. Oh, okay. All right, we're going to have to pull the plug. Uh, he's a talk show host. He's the uh, Jay Leno, not Jay Leno, um, Jimmy Kimball of the day. Top notch. All these guys now looked at him. So the record is by Maya. The well, actually, he went to 1980s. It's good. It's good. But just for the fun part of it, I'm going to keep going. Okay. But, but your record is only 1980. We don't want to cheat. Yeah. All right, here we go. 1960s. Alfred Hitchcock. Oh. Um, Hitchcock. I feel like... Uh... He's either like a writer or like some, I feel like it has to do with horror films. Correct. He's a director of suspense, basically. Okay. The Birds. Watch that one. That's a good one. <laughs> 1950s. Elizabeth Taylor. Um, I feel like she's an actress. She is. Famous actress. Yeah. I think she's pushing up daisies now, but yeah, famous okay. actress. 1940s. Henry Ford. Oh, yeah. Henry Ford. He made cars. There you go. <laughs> yeah. 1930s. We're only going to go to the 1900s. Don't worry. Okay. 1930s. Fred Astaire. Oh. Ooh. I've, I think I've heard this name before. Yes. Fred Astaire. Um, his name goes with his profession. That might be a little much, but it just it's a perfect name for what he was famous for. Fred Astaire. Gosh, I don't know. He's uh, he's considered one of the greatest dancers in film history. Okay. You know, dancing around on film. Yeah. Uh, 1920s, Charles Lindbergh. Uh, this is more like a history test now. <laughs> Charles Lindbergh. Like... You I know this know. one, I... you're just drawing a blank. It's okay. I definitely heard the name but i don't know off the top of my head yeah he's a uh, first flight attempt over the atlantic or i'm sorry yeah okay. over the atlantic ocean 1910s would be william howard taff oh he was um a president correct 27th president and last one wilbert wright i kind of gave that one away already yeah he um Plain made, like yeah <laughs>
Uh, no, no, it's fine. You got stuck on Johnny Carson. We forgive yeah. you. Yeah, it's okay. Um, I'm like sweating now. That was a lot of pressure. Where can people find you? You know, TikTok. I know you're TikToking around. Yeah, um, my TikTok handle is at that I poet. Pretty easy to spell. Mm-hmm. Um, people can find me on my website as well, which is just myawarkowski.com. My email is myawarkowski at gmail.com. I don't really have a lot of social media, so TikTok is the place to go. I checked it out um, and yeah. uh, started reading your poems. I was like, okay. So what's happening in uh, 2023, or what do you see happening down the road here? Well, definitely going to keep posting on TikTok. That's been a lot of fun. I've, I feel like in terms of writing, I and being gentle with myself in terms of creative output. I feel like maybe not another book in 2023, but definitely starting to turn the gears for what is next. So starting to think about themes for a potential next book. Yeah, this has been great. Have a great night. Have a great dinner. I really appreciate being here. Thank you so much for having me. This has been such a great experience. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you. Have a good night. All right, there you have it. Maya Workowski, poet, photographer, author. Check out her book, Quiver, Q-U-I-V-E-R. Google that title. Check her out on TikTok, Maya Workowski. Fun girl, smart. Really enjoyed her coming on. Next guest will be, well, you'll have to tune in. Until then, take care. This has been an unmuted podcast with Papa Mutes.